0: Good evening, Troops and Troopettes, and a very warm welcome to episode three of Hodge on Noj. Do you think that drum fill at the end's long enough? I reckon maybe I'm going to edit that a wee bit and make it a bit shorter. So I have to say, first off, the success and the support that I've received over the first two podcasts has been absolutely wonderful. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. But we're doing something a bit different tonight. And this is, I'm going to admit, it's going to be a wee bit of a challenging listen or a watch if you're with us on YouTube. This is Mental Health Awareness Week. So, although it's quite early in the Hodge on Nodge run to come up with something as heavy as this to go into, it's very much the opportune time to have this conversation, and it's such an important conversation to have. And I'm delighted to say that one of the most eloquent And brave speakers I've ever had the pleasure of meeting on these kind of matters is with me tonight. And it's my pleasure to welcome Cédric Consolant to the Hodge on Nodge podcast. Cédric, how are you this evening?
1: I'm very well. As you can see, you know, the weather is shining. It's beautiful in Norfolk.
0: Now as mate, and I'm jealous I'm in I'm in sunny Scotland where the summer consists of about three days normally. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do something here that I think is quite important and an educational point for people. I'm gonna ask you, I've asked you how you are, Cedric, but I'm now gonna say, How are you feeling, mate? Are you feeling all right?
1: I'm feeling well. I'm feeling great, as you can see. You know, I'm tan. I'm, 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 good. I'm happy. I'm strong.
0: Look at me, mate. I'm just a wee white guy. <laughs> um, never, never take a tan very well. But the, the reason I did that, mate, is because what what you often find with people is if they're if they've struggled with mental health in the past, if you say how are you, it's like yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But if you say how are you feeling, or you ask a second time, that's when you tend to get the true answer, isn't
1: it? Yeah, you're absolutely spot on there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think I think that's important, and it's reasons like that that we're having this discussion tonight. So oh, tonight's pod, just for anyone that's listening or, or watching, is going to be split into two segments. So first we'll get Cedric to tell us his story, um, which is, is very, very powerful, even if you've heard it, it, bits of it before. Um, I'm, I'm sure it'll be great to hear it from the horse's mouth, as it, as it were, tonight. Um, but what I also want to do is, you'll see the title of this is it's an open forum. It's the Hodge John Nodge open forum on why mental health matters. So please get in touch with comments, with questions. I'm sure some of the stuff Cedric's going to say is going to trigger um, thoughts and feelings that you've had, especially if you struggled, as both me and Cedric have, with mental health in the past. And we will try and cover as many of the questions and get as many of the points of view uh, across as possible. So please, let's get the comments going on on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook. I can see them all and I'll try and address as many of them as possible. But Sidzlik, the the first place to start is tell us a bit about your own struggles with mental health, mate, and the kind of background there, because... I'm I'm sure some of the people listening might know a little bit about it, but where where did it really start for you in terms of things getting a bit dark?
1: Well, I I thought um, everything starting to be a bit dark, a bit cloudy, when I was probably in Norwich City. Um, uh, I think I was on my second year. Um, Mm -hmm. I was not very playing that much. I was injured quite a lot. Um, And I think... um, the key moment is when I was driving to uh, to Kone to the training grounds, Norwich. Um, okay, what I, happened? I I burst in tears in the car park just before walking actually in the changing room to just come into a training. Um, don't know why I just burst in tears. I was uh, I was crying in my car. Didn't want to get out. Uh, just purely wow. on. I was I was I was petrified to walk in a in a changing room to see the regards of of my teammates and uh, and mm-hmm. and basically getting judged. What's wrong with you and and you, you know it is. You know you, you, you do a job. Well, I was doing a job that I absolutely loved. Uh, it was a dream of mine when I was a very young uh, young boy. Well, and, of uh, course,
0: man, and and like you, you achieved some great things in your career. Obviously, league like, got title winner, I believe, played in the European final, played alongside Zinedine Zidane, one of the best players of all time. Um, I mean, like s- s- some amazing stuff. And was was part of it maybe that it was a bit of a come down, just sort of coming to Norwich, a regional club? Like, And by the way, I'm not this in Norwich. We both love the club, I know that. But w- w- was there an element of like you've, you've gone from that real peak to struggling to get in the team at Norwich City? Yeah, was that part of what, what was bothering you maybe?
1: No, not at all. Uh it was not obviously nothing bothered me to move from Bordeaux to Norwich and, and the size of the both clubs. It was none none of that. It was okay. uh, I don't know. It was uh, it was difficult to describe the time. You know, is uh, you know playing. You know, really part of the squad. The, the squad travel away to the away games. You stay at home. You got your own program. You stay in a changing room or in a in a in a, in a medical room to uh, to do your rehab. You know, really part of anything.
0: Um, You're isolated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the the key. It was uh, you know I'm a very Persons, people. I need to be around people. I need to feel loved. I think, uh, I think that's the key with me. I've got a, a character that uh, I need to feel praised. I need to feel loved by people around me. And, and when, you're, when you're in duty, you're know, part of anything. You know, is, is as you mentioned, you got the old, uh, the old teammates who come to see you. Are you alright? How far you are? When are you going to come back? But I didn't have the, the, the answers of that. Um, so I, I felt very isolated, very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it was a difficult time.
0: Yeah, I can imagine so. And did you have anyone you could kind of lean on or speak to about it at that point, or were you very much alone? Because it was a different culture then as well. Like yeah. in dressing rooms, it was very much, you know, that kind of sort of macho, it's a man's macho. game, and you had to sort of stand up and put on that social camouflage, you know? Whereas, like, I think now people are a bit more understanding of the concepts of of sort of mental health and are more aware of it. But did that make it even more challenging, the sort of nature of the the dressing room banter and all of that stuff back then?
1: Yeah, of course. Obviously, you know, we're talking in the late 90s where it was quite difficult to go to knock on the gaffer's door and uh, and Mm -hmm. have a conversation about what was wrong with you. And to be honest, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Uh, I know something was not right, and uh, I was feeling emotional all the time. I was worried to to make mistake even in training, to make, you know, and even even worse on match days. I was like locking myself in the bathroom before actually going out on the mm-hmm. field. So it was that bad. And again, is is a conversation that is difficult to bring on a table with your gaffer, because yeah. as I said in the, in the 90s, it was not something that. You could easily add that conversation with anyone. So, as you mentioned, is is a macho, uh industry, uh, football or or high athletes, uh, and it's no it's not something you can easily talk to even your teammates. And I thought um, I was going to keep that to myself, and it will pass. But it didn't pass. It was actually getting worse and worse and worse. So, uh, so
0: talk us through those different points then, because obviously there's that initial feeling of isolation, that feeling of kind of maybe a bit of helplessness. Uh, where does it progress from there to the point that you actually do make an attempt on your, on, on your own life eventually? Because that's obviously like
1: a, like a really
0: grave progression, you know?
1: Yeah, well, with me, it was, it was a different sort of like um, steps. Um, I was not playing. I was in Jude's. Uh, mm-hmm. I had an extra year on my contract um and and the club and my myself and my agent decided to 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 take the contract and rip it and said You know shake his hand um each other's hand and, and move away um so obviously that happened uh and 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 I found it difficult to find any club uh, but again I was in the mental state where I was not unable to find a club I was unable to to perform at my best ability i i did went to trials but it's like you're going to trial to a trial but you know the answers do you know where i'm coming from
0: no I so you mean you're going in there and you already know that because, there's no chance of getting a contract
1: because mentally and physically i was not prepared ah i was not prepared okay. to go to them trials so it's like
0: a defeated mindset kind of thing
1: Exactly. So I already knew the answers before I actually stepped on the the training grounds where I was going on trial. And uh, in the end, I just thought, you know what, enough is enough. I don't want to play anymore. Uh, um, And it's what I did. I just sort of drift myself away from the industry, from the football world, from from a world that I work really hard to be be there. And it's no world that is given to anyone. You have to work really hard. To earn your professional contractor in in them mm-hmm. days, um, but you know, as as you mentioned earlier, these days now is, is is more acceptable. It's more out there. It's more people talking about a bit more. You got more uh, players talking more about their own issues. Uh, you got more people within the the club who are there to 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 support the players who are uh, feeling a bit low or feeling a bit down, and they obviously stay confidential inside. the a, a room and uh, and and at that time we didn't have that. Mm. So, um, but coming back to to my trials, no, I just laugh. You know what I thought is enough. Is enough. I just uh, I lost the motivation. I fell out of love of the of the game because I didn't know if I was going to be able to gain my fitness, my mental health uh, back on track, my 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 love to the game again. um so, as I said, I completely drifted myself away from the industry that I, I worked really hard and uh, moved to Lost Off and me and Mike's wife lived in a caravan. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a tough time, but coming back to your question about the, the thoughts and taking your own life is...
0: Yeah, the, the progression. So I'm interested yeah. in how you go from sort of just the, the feeling of isolation and I've been depressed, I've I've been in that situation, but yeah. I've never got to the point where I've gone, do you know what, enough's enough, let's turn the lights off, you know? Well,
1: it, 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 everything sort of like crept out when my, myself and, and my ex-wife decided for, for her to, uh, to go to university. So mm-hmm. she got a placement in uh, London University. Um, so obviously she, uh, she, uh, she left uh, Norfolk, um, but again, it was, it was, I can explain that. I've reached my dream. I've done what I always wanted to do to be a footballer professional. She always wanted to go to university and study what she always wanted to study, mm-hmm. at dentistry. So that was her time. And I thought that was very good for her to actually, at uh, her age, to move away, to move away from the marriage, to move away from kids. Uh, mm-hmm. to move away from a, a structure on the comfort zones in Norfolk to actually wanting to do something she always wanted to do. But I didn't understand the the impact that will have on me, the pressure that will have on me to mm-hmm. obviously being at home with the kids to look after the kids, to take the kids to a school run. It's uh, a lot of pressure. And I'm I, you know I was not complaining. But within that two or three month um I starting to feel really down, really, really like creepy, very bad uh, in my mind. But I didn't want to talk to her about it because I was worried that if I was going to mention anything, it would have stopped her to actually uh, enjoy what she's doing at that moment to go to university. And, and she was happy to do so. Um, and I thought if I said something, she might decide to come back in Norfolk and I said no okay I can't do that uh, so I keep I keep everything to myself and it come to a point where I was planning to take my life about 30 to 40 times a day different ways planning my so, so
0: what kind of thoughts do you have like I mean, I mean is it just like is it like a fleeting passing thought or is it a kind of like you actually you, you're basically obsessing over the idea
1: I will not say obsessed. I will said it was like a, a voice on my shoulder telling me this is no purpose to carry on living because your you know your dream is gone. You you got you got no purpose. And of course I had a lot of purpose. But when you're very low, when you're very down and you're depressed, you don't see them things. You don't see them then you don't see the life of happiness. You see mm-hmm. that cloud above your head, that darkness, uh, and, and you feel like everything is negative around you. And you feel like you can't breathe. I feel like I couldn't breathe. I think like I need to have a break and I couldn't. Um, so as I said, I was planning my, my, my to take my own life. I was planning to, um, my funeral, how many people I will have. I'm at, I'm at funeral, how many people is going wow. to cry. It was like, I was going to, so far ahead of everything. And it, it was horrendous. It was draining me every day uh, to a point I didn't want to get out of my house. Uh, to the point where uh, my ex-wife was coming back from uni at the weekend. I didn't want to talk. I was locking myself in a room to the point where I could even take my kids to the play park. Uh, I couldn't bear the voice of my kids, um, missing so many birthdays of my kids, you know, and things like that. And, and, and I, I couldn't see any sort of positivity where and how I could sort of approach people, where to go from here. Because I, I didn't know what was wrong with me,
0: Yeah, no, and I can understand that I mean. and, and
1: and again, we come back to to what you said you know nicely about being macho. Um, mm. you know I didn't want to approach my wife about it at the time. I thought mm. I was the man of the house. Uh, um, I didn't want to see her or to judge me about my feelings, and I was worried that she was going to leave me and uh, and things like that. Um, so I've decided to say nothing, but that had consequences later on.
0: Yeah, and that's an interesting point to make um, because we've actually just had uh, someone that we we both know, who's uh, Jake Watson, who's um, oh, now working for Talk Sport. Uh, he's a cracking guy. We've um, we've done some stuff with the Pinkin in the past with him. But he said he just wanted to pop in to say hi, and a few years ago, he went through a very difficult time, and Cedric was amazing with me. He's a great guy. And that, that, that's something that you've you've definitely done um, in, in latter years. And I'm, I'm going to come on to that in a wee minute. But I think what that underlines is it underlines the importance of talking. Because if you internalize and manifest all of this negative feeling and sadness and all of those different type of things inside of yourself, then what you're basically doing is you're, you're creating a recipe for disaster within yourself. And that, that's, that's a serious problem. And I should say, anyone else that's got any similar feelings and, and wants to get in touch with comments, please do, because we, we definitely want to address um, and, and make this an area where people have a safe space to talk. But yeah, it's important to talk, isn't it, Cedric?
1: Yeah, I, I will take an example. And, 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 and again, first and foremost, I will apologize for sort of that, that, that way I'm going to explain. It's almost us, as human beings, we don't go to the toilet for five years.
0: Okay. Well, what do you mean?
1: So if you don't go to the toilet, you know, for five years, at some stage after five, you will have to go to the toilet mm-hmm. and it will be an, it will be an explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. So we have to go to the toilet as often as we can to empty ourselves, And it's exactly the same about mental health. We have to empty ourselves yeah. by talking to people to unload what's inside. Because if we don't look, unload what's inside at some stage in your life, it would be a volcano and it's going, to, it's going to explode in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it, it happened to me. I completely exploded uh, because I was uh, taking too much and, and keeping everything too much and, and I couldn't, couldn't cope anymore. And as I said, I was that close to taking my life.
0: And if you don't mind me asking, um, I mean, I've, I've seen a few reports about the the the, the phone call that you made, but c- can you describe to me that day how the yeah. progression of events went that day? So, if you start maybe in the morning, like with how was, you sort of felt that morning, and then then how it sort of went
1: from there. Well, it, it, I remember the day like it was yesterday, clear 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 as crystal. It was a Monday. It was a Monday. Uh, Well, none of us like Mondays. No, 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 no. (laughs) I, I I jest, I jest. It was a Monday, and um, I didn't have a good week. Um, Obviously, uh, it was it was. I had a tough week, a weekend, sorry, Uh, and I had a thing. uh, uh, I was said, just my ex wife told me that she was leaving, and my world completely crumbled. Uh, I didn't know where to turn, I didn't know what to do. My role was about was, am I going to, to manage the divorce? How am I going to manage the mortgage? How am I going to manage to tell the kids? How are we going to manage, you know, to do all of that? We've been together 18 years, so half of my life was that person. Half of my life, or yeah, my, my, all my life in England was that person. And, mm-hmm. and I felt, I felt completely lost. I felt my, 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 my foundation, my base were gone, my rock gone. Mm -hmm. So it came to the weekend. I was like, no, I said, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore. So I was planning. So I actually bought uh, a rope, uh, planning on a Sunday. So I went to my loft and, and you know, obviously I'm not going to come too much to details. Uh, The Monday morning I go to work and um, all in the morning it was in the process of my mind how I'm going to do, when I'm going to do, at the time I'm going to do. Um, And in the afternoon, I remember I was with my student outside taking a training session. Mm -hmm. And I done the warm-up and it was a bit of a cloudy day. It was, you know, a bit of rain and I was feeling down. I was looking at the floor. And I turned to my colleague at the time and I said, you know, you will have to take the rest of of the training session. I'm going home. Mm -hmm. So I actually left. By the time I left work to my house, it's probably about 15, 20 minutes driving.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it was probably the first time I've been so happy for for so many years, purely because I knew exactly what I was going to do. Exactly to the T. And I was, I was thinking, no more, no more problem, no more sadness. And no, more, sense, uh, no more like, pain. Almost as a freedom sad head. It, it's almost like when you are in a changing room and your manager is taking you and giving you some instructions, and you actually go on the football field and you know exactly what you're doing mm-hmm. and you're comfortable with that. And I was feeling exactly the same in my car. I knew exactly what I was going to do. Uh, uh everything and uh as i said i was driving i was happy i was smiling and uh i was in my house
0: uh, sorry if this is an uncomfortable question do you mind sharing how you what, what you were planning on doing i i can totally understand if that's an uncomfortable. no 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 I've,
1: it's not an issue because i've mentioned on many occasions i was planning to take my life basically uh, yeah yeah on, uh, on, on
0: uh, did you? Did, what was the plan, though? Is, is what I mean? Did you? Have it was a to,
1: It was a mean of a meaning of hanging myself. So as okay. I said, that I bought the rope. The rope was in the in the, in the loft. Uh, wow. Everything was sorted. So I got home. Uh, I was turning around my kitchen. I was thinking about writing a letter or not writing a letter. Things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I thought, no, take the decision not to do it. To write the letter, sorry, and and then I started to make my way to the loft. So my loft was in the bathroom. So I managed to get in my loft, and as you know, in the loft I, it's is quite dark. Is 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 you can't see nothing. So I was actually sitting on the edge of my loft. My my um, yeah on the edge of my loft basically just that sort of that little uh, I don't know how you call that um, okay so no, alcove but yeah 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 my legs was hanging in the uh, in a, in a sort of in that sort of uh that little hole so um, and i had my phone in my hand uh purely because i was using my my phone as a torch yeah the light so i don't know how i managed the the, the, the torch sort of came to my eyes and just sort of like blur my uh, my vision a little bit and sort of in, in in a second i thought oh i need to call someone and mm-hmm. uh, i uh, i i called clark carlisle at the time and uh, so Clark, yeah.
0: Clark obviously, is, is someone who's had his own struggles, a, a very yeah. clever guy. Um, I believe he won Countdown at one point. Yeah, uh, he did,
1: yeah, indeed, yeah.
0: And um, I, I think the story behind me tried to, to step in front of a moving vehicle as a means of taking his own life yeah. um, back in 2014 or thereabouts. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And Clark's obviously someone who, um, like yourself, had a very distinguished football career, and like yourself, also spoke very openly, very eloquently about it. And all I can imagine is that you guys had already struck up some sort of friendship or, or relationship based upon the fact that you both appreciated that you'd had struggles and had the, the relation that you were both footballers and, and, and things like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. At the time when I met him, he was he was the 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 chairman of the PFA, I think, or something like that. He was like quite high up at the PFA. And uh, I actually met him in London and we straight away, we had that, that chemistry, that understanding that sort of like, as I said, it was probably the first time I met him, but I felt like I knew him for about 10, 15 years. We had that sort of straight away, that bond uh, with each other and, and the understanding. Um, and, and I called him and lucky enough, he answered the phone. So, um, as I said, I was lucky that he picked up the phone because he has been there he was he was there, two or three mm-hmm. years before previous to my attempt. So when I spoke to him and uh, I explained what was going through my head and everything, so we stay on the phone for about a year, uh, an hour and a half. But because well, because well, what he did, did
0: he initially say when you told him?
1: But I'm this thinking I've
0: taken my own life.
1: Is this what I'm saying? Is because he's been there, he knew exactly every process, so he's been in my in my place two or three years early so mm-hmm. he explained me the process he explained me that i couldn't stay on my own tonight uh to call oversee a, a friend to stay with me on that evening uh he explained the the, the, the the importance to call my gp the next morning and explain exactly what actually going through my head uh make an appointment straight away and and Basically, I take the step that he, he gave me and I did exactly what he did. Uh, he told me and uh, I said the next day I called my GP. I called my best friend who came that evening, stayed with me. And um, as I said, the rest was history because the next morning I was seen by my GP very quickly. In the morning, again, lucky, very lucky because I know some people, you know, don't have that opportunity to see their GP straight away. Um, well yeah,
0: it's especially in these COVID times. I think it's yeah. even more challenging and and I'm I've not got any statistics to hand, but I'm pretty sure there must have been an upturn in in, in mental health difficulties, especially now that people are more aware of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I think that feeling of isolation. That feeling of isolation is only going to be increased for so many people. And if anyone listening to this or watching it is 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 feeling that way, then get in touch and and talk to us because that's what we're here for tonight. We're here to to try and 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 offer that platform. And I mean, I've never been as far along the the, the kind of dark path as as, as you have me um, in terms of getting to the point where of. I'll admit, I have once thought about taken my own life with with events that happened in my life i've thought about it once and quite quickly managed to 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 sort of get the idea out of my head and and never revisited it and i hope i never do but i think obviously suicide's one sort of extreme kind of end of the spectrum but mental health is it's a spectrum of of different stuff i mean that's that's at one end but at the other end or or, or somewhere in the middle, you just get that darkness that envelops you on a daily basis, that feeling of worthlessness, that that feeling, I I always describe it as a kind of you know when you get in a reservoir, you get a dam, right, you've got a wall that's built up and it's like holding back all the water, right so it kind of feels like you've built a reservoir up in yourself, right, where all that darkness and that emotion I can kinda. It's almost like I can kinda revisit those feelings as I think about it now, and I'm in a good place at the moment. I'm really happy doing the podcast and enjoying You're myself. Very and well. Thank you, mate. So do you. Um, and I, but when I think about that, I can just I can almost feel those. It's like you feel it here and here, and it's like it's everywhere and it's inescapable. But it's also one of those things that you can camouflage it and hide it so well, and it's only if people are trained. If either they felt it themselves or they're trained to look for the signs in a kind of professional way or whatever, that they'll actually be able to tell. And I think that's why it's really admirable that you've gone kind of the way that you have in terms of becoming a mental health ambassador and all of those sort of things that you do now. It's really admirable. But at the same time, I bet you that really helps you as well. Like in terms of helping other people and getting proactively involved in a way that you know that you're making a difference, and even though your experiences were negative at the time, you're able to turn them into something positive to help other people. I would imagine that's the case, right?
1: Yeah, obviously, when uh, when obviously I was diagnosed um, by the uh, the doctors and uh, all the team at the house, then um, it was almost like I, I I knew what was wrong with me. It was a, a clear 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 path now so I knew that I could move forward I uh, had the help of the professional I had uh, sort of like um, uh, knowing the triggers I was starting to develop an understanding about my triggers one was starting as you said that 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 anxiety was coming my 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 uh, my thoughts was coming back but again I had I had the triggers I had to deal with it um, and in the past I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I, I thought, because y- you know me, yes, you, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't have a big ego and, and things like that, but I thought, well, I'm an ex-footballer. If I can help people through my voice, by telling my story, maybe I can help some of some people from the public, you know, just not in, in sport in general, but, but, you know, the bigger picture. And, and I thought. Yeah, I, I, that is, is something close to my heart. I am not saying that I'm an expert, but I've got an experience, and I and I know what is possible, what we can do as human being. Because you know we are we are strong. We can be very strong. But again, is we have to surround yourself with good people, positive mm-hmm. people. We have to 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 exercise. We have to uh, have a good diet plan. We we you know is is a lot of little triggers. For me I, I went back to exercise because obviously it was my background. But everyone is different, you know, everybody is different. They they need to find the little things that can help them when they hang a bit down. But I always say to you, we are born with a mouth to talk, yep. two eyes to observe and two ears to listen. But sometimes we don't take that. You know, we take it for we take it for granted. You know Mm -hmm. we need to use it because that's powerful that what we're born with and and we're here to help each other we got duty to care for each other each other's not to you know talk negative to about that person or that person who's on my left who's on my right because because maybe one day you could be that person be down and you know and and we need to look ourselves we need to look after ourselves but by looking after ourselves as i said we got duty of looking after everybody always include in your in your network. But even some people you don't really know, it doesn't stop you to smile to someone. It doesn't stop you to ask if you're right, how you feeling today. It doesn't you're stop right. you to it doesn't stop you to open the door. It doesn't stop you to to, to 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 flick the kettle to 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 your wife or to your girlfriend. It's not the end of the day when you you know your 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 girlfriend said or your wife said, Oh can you make me a cup of tea darling? And you go do you know what I'm saying, that is little things we mm-hmm. take granted. We take granted the relation, and when a relation is gone, is what you actually understand what is missing.
0: Yeah, I think that's really well put, mate. And I think part of the part of you, where I can totally relate as well to, to your way of thinking about it is I think when people hear a former footballer, because everyone thinks uh, like you're a footballer, it's like it's this ultimate job that you could have, but. But footballers struggle the same way that everyone else does, and I'm always reminding people, and I think you you realise it more if you're involved within the game or if you're a journalist covering it like me or whatever, that footballers are human beings too. They come in all shapes and sizes and types, like you get really clever ones, really dumb ones, like, I mean, you get all different types of footballer, right? Vulnerable footballers, strong footballers, whatever it might be, and... I think what is relatable for people is when they see someone that, especially someone like yourself, who's been at the pinnacle of the game, um, albeit at an early stage in your career for the most part. I think when they see that that someone like that can can have those struggles, I think it almost makes some people go, "Well, do you know what? It actually, it means that I'm not I'm not weird or bad for feeling like this. This is just." This is just me, you know, and that idea of sharing those feelings is something that I think has to be done, because I know for a fact that as soon as I started just admitting that I felt like absolute crap um, sometimes, and sometimes it can, like, and the thing is, people always criticise, right? So... I, I mean, but, that, but I, that's
1: but that is the nature of human being. We like to criticize everything. We like yeah. to whinge about everything. We like to be negative about everything because what? Because the modern the modern society now, the modern life. When you you watch TV, it's all about negative, negative sales, and we are mm-hmm. happy to read negativity. But if we can change a mindset about being more positive, you know, I people said to me about what I've been through in my life, and people think, oh. Uh, poor Cedric or blessed Cedric mm-hmm. or, you know, he's been... No, I look at it as, as as an experience because he make me who I am today. Yeah. is so a negative, yeah, but I've managed to turn that into a positive and it's always a positive and a negative. But we have to find a way, we have to find our own path. But a lot of people just run to that obstacle and run back. We have to be strong and, 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 and go through that wall and not go through that wall as a footballer because we know footballer tackle with with feet first. We mm-hmm. have to tackle issues as a rugby man head first and deal with it because it it will make you a, a better person. It will make you growing. It will make you to understand yourself what you're actually cap- capable to do.
0: That's a really good bit of advice. And I think, yeah, it's like run into the fear, not away from it, you know? And that's I think that's a really important message. And listen, the, but, I mean, but, the,
1: the, again, again, is is always said you we, we are born when we were babies. When you've done your first steps, you make your first step forward, mm-hmm. you don't do your, your step backwards. No, you're right, and I think And life, think, is, ex, life is exactly the same. We are life, to move life is like that.
0: Life is like that, and I think an important thing for me is um, just to, sometimes, social media, it can be a force for good, but it can be a force for so much negativity, and I did a thing called My Corona Podcast last year. Episode 2 of that is about staying sane in the social media echo chamber, and I've had people have a go at me in social media, but at the same time, I've also sometimes put what some people might consider to be an attention-seeking tweet-up or whatever, but just saying, look, do you know what? I feel crap today, and like, a lot see the amount of people that come on and said, Do you know what, Hodgie, you good man? Because like I, I, I totally get that. I feel like that sometimes. Thank you for, for putting that up. But like sometimes people want to see that because it makes them feel that they're not alone. Yeah. You know? And I, I think that's important. We've had a nice question come in from Lindsay McInnes. She's asking, she's one of our, our watchers on Facebook, she's saying, Do you think football's doing enough to support players and particularly after leaving the game? as a result of being taunted about his mental health. I think she's referring there to a recent story about a footballer called David Cox, who was a a lower league player in Scotland, who... um, Retired. He retired, and like yourself, um, uh, he he sort of had an attempt in his own life, and uh, I believe now all of this is is pending sort of investigation and such, but the allegation is that someone said to him... um, it's a shame you didn't get it right or, or words to that effect about, about that suicide attempt, which is obviously, obviously an absolutely vile thing to say. But Lindsay's question is, is football doing enough for these people? And um, just as an adjunct to that, not even necessarily just people who are currently involved within the game, but ex-pros as well, because a big problem is when footballers leave The game and like because football is this all-encompassing thing that takes over your life, right? Once that goes, right, that's a huge void to fill. And you you look at I mean the, the the first public figure that comes to my mind when I think about that is someone like Paul Gascoigne, who who seems sometimes like a wee lost soul without football there to to focus to give his life a focus and a purpose, you know. So I mean, do you think the authorities within the game, Cedric, are doing enough to to try and help? Current pros and ex-pros who are suffering with these issues.
1: I think this is a very good question. Um, I think in this modern, um, uh, I would say, in that industry of football, I think is is moving forward, for sure. Okay. Uh, but it's not moving quick enough. And again, we we, we why is not moving moving quick enough? I think it's all about money. Some clubs in Premier League are moving forward and 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 help them them their players at prisons and mm-hmm. also some of the the past players, but it's not every clubs who have uh, or are able to to help. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I always says, you know what is important. You know, I'm I'm coming back right to the the academy players there. You know, academy players boys who leave their house such as a young young age, and they. Been through quite a lot in 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 in, in the football club, and and incidentally, I'm sorry, but you're not going to sign your pro contract. That is absolutely devastating. Absolutely, you know,
0: yes, yeah, huge you know, for these young
1: players. And 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 then that is why I'm I'm not angry, but I'm pushing so hard for that. Is they should have uh, uh, people to follow them, players two or three years behind and trying to help them to find a club. But it doesn't stop them to go to visit them, to keep contact with them. You know, a following behind. You know, they've been part of that family. Mm-hmm. They need to carry on the contact with them players. Um, and not just say, sorry, your contract is, is, is finished. We're not going to renew. See you later. You can find another club. By the way, this is your, st- your statistic about your games. This is your video. You can give that to your agent. Off we go. And you mm-hmm. touch you touch exactly right. They are human being. Mm-hmm. They are we are all human being, at the end of the day. But again, is the the game is moving so quickly. There's so many so much money it become a business. Um, and I always take the example of of if you take an orange juice and you squeeze that long, it's giving you some some juice. And if you count squeezing at then at the end of it. You got no more juice. what you yeah. do, you, you chuck the orange in a bin. And I think sometimes in that industry, it's a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think but you're I, at I, all I, right? I I do believe that 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 is going forwards but not quick enough. I think that as I said, clubs are got a duty of care to look after them players for me, even afterwards. The FA, the PFA need to do a lot more beyond
0: so, that. So you've got the FA, the PFA, right? But you mentioned the clubs themselves. I mean, where does the responsibility come ultimately here? Uh who 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 would you say needs needs to do most and what needs to be done? What what would you suggest? What measures could be put in place? Um so let's look at it at three different bits. So we've got the young players that get released. And, and don't sort of manage to progress through to the, the professional game eventually. You've got the current pros who are struggling with let's say social media stuff or or other factors in their life causing mental health problems, depression, whatever and then the ex pros leaving the game. So there's three different stages, key stages in the in the football and life cycle if you like. Um, who's got to take responsibility there and what can you do to try and improve that at each of those stages?
1: I think everybody needs to take some responsibility. I think the the, the club himself sometimes, because the, the, the current players is actually under the contract. So he's the umbrella in that club. Um, uh, th- as I said, I mentioned earlier, the PFA need to also look after the players when uh, they are mentally no right to play the games. Because again, now these days, we're buying a players of £30 million. If mm-hmm. the players can't perform and he's got a price tag of £30 million and he can't play because he's not, got an, an ankle injury or an injury, but he's got a mental uh, a, a blockage there and he's depressed, of course, the, the club's not going to say why well, he's not playing because he's depressed.
0: You know, mm-hmm. they're
1: trying to obviously cover some 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 issues behind those, uh, And it has happened to every club. Um, now, as I said, a lot of clubs are moving in the right way and helping them players and helping the players afterwards. Um, but it's it's almost like they need to have a, a section in the club and someone who actually been employed to look after them players who are struggling and after, and I include them, academy boys in there as well.
0: Mm. I think that's an interesting one. What, what kind of measures can you take other than providing a sort of open forum where people can speak? So what, I mean, I think that idea of having... Let's see, um, a mental well-being chief. Well,
1: you know, we, we, we got now in this modern life, in modern, you know, coaches, we got we got striker coaches, you know, we mm-hmm. got set pieces coaches, we got defender coaches. What well, what well, we don't have a person who can look after them boys who've been released who have not been kept and keep that contact. Do you know what I'm saying? Is 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 again? Is is, he, you know. Maybe because it's my own character, I like to look after people. Even after, you know, I'm always in contact with people, all the time to make sure they're all right. I'm not, I'm not seeing them every day, but I, I text them on a regular basis to make sure they're all right, what they're up to. You know, little things like that making sure that then I have not forgot about them. You, you know did the saying? exact
0: same with me when I told you I wasn't feeling well at and one I, point. I, I remember I, you texted me like for a couple of weeks. You were like, "You okay, man?" And yeah. yeah.
1: And I don't the same with Jake, and I don't the same with many, many, many people, so even some people I don't know. It's just to make sure that they are okay. And it don't take you, you know, an hour to text someone and just ask a simple question. How are you feeling not? today? Do you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. when I have people saying to me, Oh, sorry, I have not been back to you because I've been really busy. Yeah, of course everybody's busy. But it don't take two days to text back. I'm yeah. sorry.
0: Because no, because right.
1: because I, I I believe that if that person if happens something it happens something to that person. Imagine for the worst case scenario, that person takes his own life. How you make you feel that you have no texting back?
0: No, exactly. No, it's a, it's a fair point, and there's got to be that that interrelationship and interactivity with, with friends and with your networking. It's good that there's people like you that sort of reach out and do that. But I think I think the key point that we're kind of hitting on here as well is. There's got to be, I mean, everyone with a with a black, I don't want to get off topic here, but with the Black Lives Matter and all of the stuff, the anti-racism stuff, a lot of people are believing that the taking the knee and stuff, the, the term virtue signaling gets used because it's the idea that you're doing something and it's an empty gesture. Now, in terms of the mental health side of the thing, there are certain movements to try and increase awareness and actually as much from some of the broadcasters as the actual sort of bodies themselves, I I think, at times. But there's not enough. Like, there's not enough there that's happening to, to try and support footballers and people in general. Because if you provide that support for footballers, right, then what that does is that sends out a statement to society at large that we need to do more for people. And I think particularly in the midst of this COVID pandemic and people being locked at home, being isolated, getting sad, it feels like the time where someone needs to just stand up and, as the saying goes, take the bull by the horns and actually address this. And we we can talk, because this is, for the most part, a football podcast within a football context. Someone needs to take ownership there. But how do you create that swell, that movement, that that desire for change, because I think there's enough people that want it, but it doesn't seem like that message is getting through. So I'm not saying you're the man with all the answers, man, but do you have any suggestions as to how we could maybe bang on the door loud enough that that message gets heard?
1: Uh, Coming back to the the football industry, I think there's a lot more high-profile players, high-profile people who have sort of... uh, Sort of mention about what we're just talking about, and and mm-hmm. I think, as I said, if more and more people are comfortable and find the strength to to speak out and speak about their own issue, I think it it, it 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 will it will it will be like a snowball, you know, snowball. It will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think we cannot just talk about a mental health week because for me, mental health for some people. Is all year round, every day, is every week, is every month, you know. So, what we are putting uh, the ethic of oh, is mental health week awareness. For me, is for some people, some people struggle every day for many, many, many years. That is very good, and, and they've been forgetting about it, you know. I am sorry. No, we need to talk about every day, every week, every month, every year, and more profile people. will talk about it, and more is going to get. As I said a snowball and get bigger and bigger and then suddenly you will have more power people into in, t- in terms of the government who will talk about it you know during the pandemic we talk about what the government talk about or we spend x amount million on this x amount of million of that I didn't hear anything about the spending x amount of mental health services
0: nothing mm-hmm. no but you're right and by the way there was meant to be a plan for sort of social care and, and various other things that was meant to be unveiled but that that hasn't happened and
1: and, and, and again it's, i'm not having a pop it's just me because this, I'm no so but passionate. you're right i'm so passionate about mental health i'm so passionate about people you know i am proud to stand now and and said you know what uh, i have you know people say to me oh you have reached the other bridge no when you go depression it's not another bridge you deal every day but because i'm strong uh mentally i've got a right um the right people around me to help me when I had a bad of, uh, you know, a wobbly periods or uh, a bit of a blip. I've got the right people around me to to, to to help me. Unfortunately, as a lot of people don't have a lot of people around them. They don't know where to turn. They don't know how to talk. So is this is what I'm saying is, is we need to try to reach out to them people who live, you know, potentially, you know, in, in, in Norfolk, in the middle of nowhere where, you know, is is one bus every you know two three hours? How can we reach them out? They don't probably don't have a Wi Fi. They probably don't have anything like that in terms of uh, IT technology. But we need to be able to reach them out. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Is is I think
0: especially see Norwich being the football club that it is, which is brilliant. I mean, let's be honest, the Norwich City space at the moment is awesome, and it's not just because the football club's just won the championship title. I think of all the football clubs in the world, the connect between, like, Delia Smith, Stuart Webber, the playing staff, the supporters, even though they're not in the ground at the moment, the community around the club, people like yourself, the ex-pros, the pundits, the all the fan channels, like um, Jack and Chris Reeve doing their, their, their charity stuff, um, all of the journalists, everything. Everything is around if, the football club, it's a fantastic space. So if, it's... Yeah, sorry.
1: It, it, it is a fantastic football club. It's amazing. It's a family, it's a big family club. You're right. And, and, and we're talking about mental health. And I can say proudly that Norwich City are outstanding in terms of the inside where they're actually helping the, the players, the, the academy boys over there. You okay know, they, so what
0: what insight have you got into that that's
1: really interesting <laughs> I can't give too much
0: <laughs> Oh okay but, but what what can you tell us because like I, it, would I, be, it would be interesting to know where Norwich are excelling uh, well, in areas that other clubs aren't
1: Basically I was I was I was, I was approached by Norwich City uh, two or three years ago by a person called Clive Cook who worked at Norwich City I think he's a C- C- CPD care for academy boys and we had a... Uh, meetings and discussions, and how we can help players who uh, feeling a bit down, feeling a bit low. They've been released by by Norwich, or they've been told they're not going to be kept. And Clive approached me and said, "Look, can you come to have a chat with the boys? Talk about your experience. What do you think we can work and things like that?" And 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 Norwich are moving in a really right way about it. You know, why to tell a player when his contract finishing in May telling him in April, process sorry, but we're not going to renew your contract. So all I suggested to Clive, I said, well, why we don't speak, why you don't tell the boys in October? Because, because of course the managers know that the players are not going to be kept at the end of the, 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 the season. Or That's the a the good contract. point. It's like, they, it gives no. you
0: more time to mentally prepare, doesn't it?
1: And it gives you time to bounce back and, and, and settle and have a plan of action. You can go on trial somewhere else. You can have... Uh, a scarf coming to watch and things like that you can use the facilities uh and 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 to help your your yourself for to benefit you you know uh, you can use the the people in club in, inside the club you know and, and things like that and and when they actually leave they actually prepared they got something to land back on their feet and not telling a player in October and sorry in April say sorry bye but we're not going to renew your contract he, he had a month, not even a month, to, to find a club. And nice stressful, nice pressure. Do you know yes. what I'm saying?
0: It's a livelihood at the end of the day.
1: Ma- massively.
0: And that, that that's really interesting to know that Norwich are trying to take steps in that direction. And do you know what? It doesn't surprise me because Norwich are the kind of club... That, that tends to do that, um, Stephen. I'm, I'm imagining your name's pronounced Dewing, Stephen. But if it's if it's Dewing or something like that, then I do apologise. But I'm going to go with Dewing. Um, Stephen Dewing says, "Fair play, said Cedric. Much more needs to be done in this subject." Then mentions a Facebook group called "Enlighten the Shadows," which I've never checked out. Um, but judging by the name, it, it's, it's maybe one of the one of the many groups that now exists on social media. It's one of the one of the positive things about social media. That there are spaces where people can talk about this, and some of the people that helped me with this podcast, um, one of the members of the Hodgy the Hack team, which again I should say, this podcast is very much thanks to all of the all of the Hodgy the Hack ninjas, which are are very much helping us um, put put all of this stuff together. But um, w- one of the people in my team um, w- was was sort of living themselves last year, recovering from something, and found that being able to reach out to the Norwich City community really, really was helpful. And I think that is something that we should actually recognise in in a kind of positive sense. And it seems like a nice way, just before we sort of go into the last question, to say, like, it is good that these spaces exist and that these conversations now do exist, isn't it, Cedric? Because things are moving, albeit quite slowly, in football and outside football in the right direction, aren't they?
1: Yeah, as I said, uh, mentioned earlier, that everything is moving forwards It's just not quickly enough. Um, but uh, you know, it's is a lot uh, different services, and I'm talking around Norfolk. Is a lot of different different services who who can help people. You know, of course, of course, uh, some services don't don't suit some individuals uh, because for X reason. Um, but there's a lot of people who are working tile. Uh, hard to uh, promote uh, services to help people who actually need to be reaching out, and 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 I'm talking about on, on my behalf how I've been helped. You know, I've reached out. Uh, they give me the tools, and they let me lead. and And now, you know, I'm uh, I'm i in a good place, um, and I'm in a better place uh, that I, well, I was uh, three or four years ago. Um, but again, I've not sort of stopped there. I've, I've educating myself again. I've read books. I've trying to understand how the mind works. Um, and And what
0: what have you kind of, what have you grasped from that? Is there any big takeaways you've had from that period of reflection?
1: Not, not, not big things. Uh, just for me was, uh, again, is, is to plan my days, is to understand my triggers, um, Mm-hmm. you know not just to to take that 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 anxiety and that depression to take over my, my mind again knowing how i can deal with it and i know when i've got a tough period so where i'm feeling a bit a bit down or a bit wobbly i know what i need to do and and for me is is i go back in the gym i go back running i go back on my bike i start to plan my diet i start to uh um uh, you know, uh, talk a bit more. That before, I will I will probably like being quiet, stay on my on the side, keep everything to myself. And I mention again, you know, if you keep doing everything to yourself, I think it's going to be a volcano that's going to explode, and 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 worse to the worst potentially, and and we found out unfortunately that people take their own life about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of the comments we've had, and um, so some of them have not sort of popped up. Uh, are basically saying that they're thankful to, to me and yourself for having this discussion, and I think a lot of people are grateful that that these conversations do exist on on various platforms, some much but, much bigger than mine, you know. Um, and I think that's, but,
1: but, hmm. but again, is 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 for for people who are struggling, and you know, obviously, hopefully, we we got quite a lot of people watching uh, uh, the the podcast. Is I understand because i've been there i understand the hardest things to do is is to make that first step is to pick up the phone is to talk to a friend you Mm -hmm. know that's the hardest things to do and the minute you do that first step and then suddenly you move you go your second step and the third step and then i forget you are on your road to recovery and 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 you you mentioned earlier about you know talking and asking someone are you all right you know Mm -hmm. men's if I if I if I don't see you if we don't see each other for month or you know and we bomb each other in the city, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, are you alright? Are you okay? What are you going to tell me? Yeah, I'm fine. And then that's it. It's no more conversation. And then it disappeared different part, you know, different way of uh, of, of your, your day in, in a city. The girls on the other side, the women's Exactly the same example, exactly the same scenario. They don't see each other for months and they bump into each other in the city. What are you going to do straight away? How are you, darling? Are you okay? I, have you got five minutes. Do you fancy to grab a cafe or coffee or tea? And if we go, they are in a in a calf, talking for hours. Mm-hmm. We need to take that example. We need to be to to stop thinking where the match or where the men's, you know. It doesn't matter you cry. It doesn't matter you're feeling down. What it matter is is yourself. Is what it matters is your happiness. It doesn't matter is to talk, talk to your wife. Take the time, feel the strength. Sit down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's what it's all about.
0: And I think that, I think that's a really positive note to end on, mate. Um, if you've got one sort of final piece of advice, and just actually a, a wee reflection on one of the things you said bef- before we kind of let it go. Um, I, I think other problems in your life you can kind of apply the advice you just gave to so I mean I've, I've had a few problems with addiction in the past which I'll probably come on to to talk about in future podcasts maybe not this one but other ones that I'm launching um, and I think it's always the taking the first step whether that's talking to someone whether that's reaching out I, th- I think that's the most important thing to do. Um, and Nathan's just brought up, and I sort of mentioned it myself at the start, and, and you've said it yourself, Cedric. Uh, Nathan mentions that he thinks it's very important that you say there's a massive difference between are you all right, are you okay, how are you? We don't take that extra minute to make sure. So I think if there's a takeaway from this, then we need to take more time to find out how people are, to connect with people, to make sure they're okay. And just to basically care for our, our, our fellow men and women. Would yeah. you say that's
1: fair? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely right.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so any final pieces of advice for anyone who might be struggling just before we go, Cedric? And thank you so much for your time tonight.
1: No, thank you for having me. Now, the, the piece of advice I would say is first and foremost is to look after yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to do too much. Don't try to please other people. Don't try to, 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 to put that mask in front of you. Don't try to act as an actor. Because at some stage, it will, you, will have, you will have to find and to understand yourself that sometimes it's okay to put your hands in the air and say, I am not all right. I am not okay. It's, nothing, right. wrong, it's nothing wrong by admitting that. It's nothing wrong to take your mask off and say, look, I am not great. I need mm. some help. But again, it's the, the, the the importance of talking to the right person Sometimes you don't have to be your best friend. Sometimes you can be someone uh, uh, at work where you are creating a bond and relation and you feel comfortable to open up. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we, we need to do. And i mention again, is we go and have to talk. It's what we need to do.
0: Yeah, it's all about that at the end of the day. Open up those lines of communication. That's okay not to be okay. And I think the more of us recognise and realise that, then the better it's going to be. Unfortunately, our hour is up that I had allotted, Cedric. I'm sure we could talk for a lot longer about this. And I'm sure, to be honest, that me and you will address this again at some point. Because I know it's a topic you're passionate about. And I know it's a topic that I'm passionate about. But I will leave you to go and enjoy the Norfolk sunshine this evening. You get anything planned for the rest of tonight or are you just chilling?
1: I'm going to have my dinner.
0: (laughs) Oh, you've not had your dinner yet. Well, let me let you go. And as uh, they say in your home country, mate, bon appétit.
1: Merci. Au revoir, à bientôt.
0: Merci, bien, à bientôt, mon ami. <clears throat> um, excellent. Thank you very much to Cédric for joining us there. Um, a real gentleman with this time and one of the most eloquent and brave speakers on the subject of of mental health and um, everything relating to that, to be honest. But that's that's all for this week's Hodge on Nodge podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast. Now, finally, by the way, on all of your favourite podcast platforms, it's now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and lots and lots of others. Um, and of course, you can also get it on YouTube, and you can find me, Hodgie the Hack, H O D G E Y, the Hack, on all the social media channels. So that's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and of course, Twitter. If you could give me or the podcast a wee follow and a wee like, then that would be much appreciated. But thank you very much to Cedric. Thank you very much to all of you guys who have watched and listened and got in touch with comments and questions. All of the ones that I didn't read out, I did still see. And I'm very thankful for all of your kind wishes. Um, So thank you very much. But just remember, if there's anything that is bothering you that you're struggling with, then personally, genuinely, I will tell you now that I'm here. Send me a message. A direct message on Twitter is probably the easiest way to do it Um, if you are struggling. It's okay not to be okay. Good night and stay safe.